yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. Brian Song here, BTZ, keeping it nice and easy. Your host with the most who doesn't ghost. ABXL, episode 51. We are here, and again, this show is about you all, so make sure you call, and I'd love to hear your thoughts about this week's episode. 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. And thanks to all the support for everyone that makes this show happen. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you can support this show monthly. All right, let's get into it. The big news here dropped, obviously, earlier this week. It was all about the Apple FaceTime bug that was revealed to allow someone to basically access your microphone and even your camera without your permission, doing a couple things within the FaceTime group FaceTime feature on the app on a phone. It worked on a Mac iOS 12.1 and later, which is a lot of people. The actual feature or the bug has been shut off. Apple actually turned off the group FaceTime feature from the server side. So if you try to replicate it, you can't. Um, Pretty much, you would call someone on FaceTime. If you then swiped up from the bottom, added your own number to it, you would be able to actually hear the other person's what they were doing or saying before they actually picked up the call. If the other caller, the actual recipient of the call, also pressed their power button, you would be able to see their video feed without them accepting it. It was a big story in mainstream news because when you see the headline, it's like, Apple's iPhone gives you access to anyone's microphone and camera. Okay, well, we like to take a little measured approach to this. We told you Apple already disabled the feature until they actually do an update to iOS, so you really don't have to worry about it now. They have released the official statement that we're aware of this issue and we have identified a fix that will be released in a software update later this week. And if you don't trust them there, you can actually go into your settings and turn off FaceTime itself just by hitting the switch. It will disable FaceTime locally on your phone. Now, this it, this wasn't like something that everyone could just easily stumble upon. It was actually discovered by a teen playing Fortnite. And how it was found is a 14-year-old boy in Arizona. He was trying to start a group FaceTime call with his friends. He added another friend and then was able to hear the audio before that friend picked up. He then told his mom about it, who happened to be a lawyer in Arizona. And she spent a week trying to warn Apple about its FaceTime security flaw before the bug became widely known. So this happened roughly on January 19th. The woman's name is Michelle Thompson. And so she had said she tried multiple times to tell Apple this was a bug and a flaw. She replicated herself and then she knew it was real. She tried multiple tweets, Facebook messages, emails to Apple, calls to the support line over the last week. She also sent the company's general counsel a fax about the bug. So she is a lawyer with her law firm's letterhead on top, but nada. She even uploaded a video on YouTube showing off the flaw then on January the 25th. She sent that to Apple multiple times. She just said like she did her best to report it to them and Apple didn't listen. So you have this woman who's a lawyer who's trying to get through, who's has some credibility, especially in the way she was reaching out to Apple Apple didn't do anything about it. They didn't address it. Maybe it just fell on deaf ears or they just didn't care or 
it just got lost in the shuffle, but it wasn't like she wasn't trying. Anyways, now that it became a big issue, it popped up ironically on Data Privacy Day, which Tim Cook tweeted about himself saying, hey, we need vital privacy protections for our data. This came out, obviously it was a big, big story. Everyone picked it up and now the FaceTime group FaceTime bug has been disabled. So you no longer can do it, but it does, it made me kind of, it, it more than anything, I wasn't, I was upset and frustrated about the bug to a certain degree, but it just really triggered me of how Apple still takes this position of being cocky, arrogant, superior about their position when they're just like every other company. They have their problems. It's about how they fix them and address them. And so I was more, I right when I saw it, I thought about how at CES 2019, we talked about on the show, they put up a billboard just saying, hey, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. A little play on what happens in Vegas stays in Las Vegas, but also a call out to Amazon and Google about their security because, and Facebook, they they deal with customers' data in a totally different way. But I warned them, I'm even going to play the clip of what I said on the podcast on January the 11th. Don't tell me what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. Maybe it does now because of the secure enclave, but you got to be careful when you throw out that type of stuff. And also, if you end up having a massive leak or something stupid that happens, this ends up looking completely hypocritical and just stupid. I told you. Don't be like that. And you know what? They don't call me Nostratongus for nothing. Why, yes, yes. Anyways, I thought we'd kind of take a measured approach to this and really have a great conversation. I brought, I wanted to bring in my buddy, Joe Chaplinski. Him and I go way back. And so he's a developer. He knows he has experience in what happens in these spaces, but also just some great perspective. So we talked about the FaceTime bug how big of a deal really was it? So let's just check out. It's me and Joe talking shop. All right, love having special guests on the show to talk all about the latest. Obviously, we're gonna be talking about the FaceTime bug and how it affects you and how you think about it. But my buddy, I mean, we go way back. Joe Sapilinski, way back in the day, we used to work at the Apple store together in Palo Alto. Joe, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, yeah, it's great talking to you, man. This is uh, round two because you were a guest uh, when I was at that other place. But can you tell people... Yeah, yes, we are friends, but what else are you actually doing? You know, I guess explain your street cred. We got to do like the street cred here right now. That's right. Yeah. So years ago, uh, the two of us worked at Apple together, but uh, I've always been uh, kind of changing my career every other year. I started off as a teacher, but <laughs> that was many, many decades ago. Uh, now uh, I'm kind of a developer, independence, uh, freelance developer and designer uh, working out of New York City. And uh, so I build projects for other people. I've got some maps of my own out there as well. And uh, I run a conference every year called Release Notes. Uh, and I have my own podcast of the same name. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Release Notes, it's it's a combination. It's kind of really like you guys have your own platform. It's an individual podcast. Is it kind of like, um, not? I don't know if I want to say business advice, but it is kind of advising and directing people how to navigate this kind of, is it a, the freelance world or be your own boss while also developing? 
Yeah, yeah. It's, it's basically, you know, there's tons of development podcasts out there that are all about this code and the technical stuff. And we wanted to kind of cover the, the more aspects of uh, trying to make a living out of it. And so, yeah, we talk a lot about our own personal experiences with running a business uh, in software development. And, you know, not just in the iOS ecosystem, you know, uh, my business partner now has been doing a lot more like SaaS and web type stuff as well. But uh, anything evolving, you know, how to run a business selling software, that's basically what we talk about. Awesome. So everyone check it out. Uh, release notes got to do a drop for Joe because he's part of this show. And I think Joe, let's just like, let's just jump right into it. The FaceTime bug. What was your first reaction to it? We know that Apple is taking it down now, but let's kind of walk through it. Like what was your first reaction when you saw and heard about it? My first reaction is uh, as a developer, uh, I just went, I felt really bad for the team <laughs> at Apple. <laughs> and uh, I knew, I knew they were going to have a really bad week <laughs> when this kind of <laughs> thing happens. Lots of people getting yelled at, lots of rushing out the door to try to get a fix going. Uh, it's probably chaos over there right now. And so, um, yeah, my heart goes out to those folks because uh, we've all been there. Mm -hmm. What about as a, customer and a consumer yeah as a customer uh, you know my usual reaction is always to kind of take a step back and try to get the facts and as soon as i read into a little bit of what was going on it seemed to me as a customer that i really have a whole lot to worry about this is the sort of thing that is definitely a bug it's not like apple was recording our phone calls on purpose and selling them to somebody mm -hmm. uh so like right away i was like all right well how do i protect myself against this and uh, the quick fix everyone was saying is just disable facetime which i did quickly uh but then uh, hour a matter of hours later apple had disabled the group facetime feature which is where the bug resided mm -hmm. uh and so it was safe to turn back on facetime and uh so from that point on i just figured i'll wait for apple to fix this in a few days and not think about it and you know what i see this is why i wanted to have you on the show because i think that just because of your position and experience you kind of take this more measured like calm approach because let's be real i mean when you hear the headline is oh Apple is allowing someone to access your microphone and even maybe your camera without your permission. That's a really easy, big headline for mainstream media news. I think that it's like, hey, guy, you know, the assumption is you throw out a headline like that. Apple's spying on you. Apple's listening to you. And it's right. It immediately became kind of like the top story of the past day and a half until the next story comes around. But is there <laughs> is there an overreaction or should people still be concerned about this. The only reason why it does bother me is just because historically, I think I have like a, maybe a chip on my shoulder where, you know, Apple has continued to kind of, kind of still take this position of we are so great. We are the best. And they, <laughs> they throw that, you know, they, they're braggadocious about stuff. I could even refer back to the CES billboard. I don't know if you're familiar with it, that they put up where they basically said, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. And it was a big, big spread on a hotel across the street for the convention center. And it was the classic Apple being petty and saying, Oh, Hey, Amazon. Hey, Google, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone. <laughs> you know, you know how we know how they are. Right. And so, yeah. you know, to me, it's more of the attitude that they continue to kind of act this way that it, it bothers me more. I'm not trying to blow it up, but should people still be, are you annoyed by this or what do you, what do you, what's your take on kind of Apple, what they say and how they act versus what they're actually doing? Yeah, this is a really tough, uh, fine line for Apple to do. I mean, they, they want to push the privacy thing because they really are the only tech company out there that does not have any interest in mm -hmm. any of your data in terms of uh, being able to utilize it to learn more about you and then target ads toward you or whatever it is. It's just not part of their business model. And so I understand why that's a differentiating factor and therefore they want to use it in their marketing. But this is the kind of reason why you have to be careful about how you use it in your marketing. <laughs> it's, it's the reason why, you know, even when you know, a lot of people are saying about the Apple Watch, oh, it saves lives. It's like, well, that's kind of a tough thing to, you don't want to put that in your advertising, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. 
because one of these days it might not save a life. And then, you know, and, and that's that's always the tricky part of this is like they want to say, hey, we're the company that doesn't do this kind of stuff that Facebook does uh, and that Google does. Uh, but at the same time, when there's a bug like this, you know, data can get off a phone. And so, yeah, it's it's a it's kind of a black eye on on their whole uh, their their PR and everything. Uh, but at the same time, it's it's I, I still believe that Apple's intentions here are good and that this is a bug. I think this would be a very, very different story if if Apple had been caught recording people's mm. phone calls. Uh, and, you know, th- that's not what happened here. And I think the problem is with the media is that a lot of folks kind of just have always had that kind of negative slant at Apple. They wait. They, they wait for Apple to make a mistake and then mm-hmm. they pounce. Uh, and that's okay. I mean, I, Apple can take that. They're a big company. I don't need to feel sorry for them. But you know, at the same time, <laughs> uh, at the same time, it's like it, you have to balance. You know, w- what's the intention here versus what's the you know? Th- I still think Apple has a right to say we're the privacy focused company. I just think they need to be careful about how they do that moving forward. Like you said, that that ad was a bit on the braggy side and a bit mm-hmm. on the uh, kind of snark side. And I think when Apple takes a step in that snark direction, it usually bites them in the butt later. So so, I mean, they should they should probably, um, you know, be careful with that sort of thing in the future, maybe. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, there's so many moments in time where I think I'm, you know, I think Phil Schiller is kind of the the one that should be fingers should be pointed out for taking that stance. Because remember back in the day, he came out uh, when the Mac Pro, the new Mac Pro, the trash can Mac Pro that has been uh, pretty much beat up on now these days when he said like <laughs> can't innovate my ass and everyone right. always like refers to that then when they took the headphone jack he got really serious and he's like we like to call it courage yeah. <laughs> you know and you do those things and they always bite you in the ass like you don't need to you know my take is that look let the products and the services that they're coming out speak for themselves for a certain point. I get it. Like marketing is part of this game and Apple is the biggest marketing machine. It has the most marketing muscle we've seen. They can push out features and platforms, quite honestly, that other companies can't do because of their size and scale and their ecosystem. But it's like, you guys don't need to like, you don't need to go that far. That's right. that's all I'm saying. Now, in a, in a kind of as a developer, you know, you talked about the bugs and whatnot and how I, I totally agree with you. The intention wasn't, they obviously didn't intend to put it there. Now, conspiracy theorists will think also they'll be like, that was a backdoor for the FBI. I've already seen right. those tweets, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've already received many comments on the YouTube video I put out. But the other thing is that iOS 12, they made it a point to focus on, hey, we're going to make sure this is, you know, the there's never going to be anything that's bug for you, but the most secure, the best performing iOS. We're not going to throw in all these new features we want to. In fact, the only real new software feature in iOS 12 was group FaceTime. The one feature that honestly, they also, it also delayed, but it had the bug in it is my question for you is, has Apple gotten to the point where they are so big that it's hard to clean this up? Or is there fundamental changes inside that maybe those, those teams of people that had used to work on iOS in the past have moved on to other products and they're just not as intimately involved with this product? I think the one thing that you can always say about software, uh, having worked on it on from the inside for a long time, mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that the, the more complicated, the more features, the more stuff you add, uh, it's it's not a linear progression of how much more difficult it is to avoid bugs. It's it's a geometric progression. So, 
every time you add uh, you know any kind of complexity you're you're just you know quadrupling and you know then quintuple you know and so on and so forth uh your chances for these bugs so it does get harder as as the company gets larger as it does more things i i mean i think about apple you know back in the day when i became a fan of so to speak of the any user uh was back in 1987 i think the 86 you know, I mean, Apple was just basically doing the Mac. You know, the Apple II was kind of dying at that point. And, you know, even then there were tons of bugs. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you think about the scope, all of the, uh, the stuff that Apple has done in the last decade, I mean, you have tvOS, you have watchOS, you have, you know, the, the Mac OS is still going. Uh, you know, all these different platforms that they've got running, you know, they're building, you know, who knows what cars, glasses, and whatever else is in the pipeline. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's just not possible for any uh, one. You can't have one person overseeing all that, right? And in a lot of ways, Apple's senior vice presidents kind of are. Craig Federighi is kind of responsible for a lot of this stuff. And so you think to yourself, well, how does bug, how do bugs like this happen? It's like, well, this is one small you know, bug in, in millions of lines of code that's being produced at Apple every year. So it's, it's very difficult to say this stuff should have been caught or, you know, this should never have shipped out the door. And I don't know, cause I don't know the specifics of this bug and how it, you know, how this particular thing got overlooked. Uh, the good thing though, in this case is that while it is a pretty serious thing, it's kind of a low risk in terms of it's not like when a bank you know ends up you know saying oh sorry a million people just got all your credit card numbers <laughs> like <laughs> it, it really isn't like that I mean in this case uh, I, I don't I think this was discovered by accident someone probably did a group FaceTime call and noticed that oh wait a second uh, they were hearing me before I, I hit answer before I answered uh, it, but it's not the kind of thing that someone could have exploited really because it, it'd be sort of like going to rob in someone's house and then. Uh, you know, leaving your name and number on a sheet of paper on your way out the door because you, know, you would know exactly who did this to you. Yeah, you can't yeah. spoof a FaceTime call as far as I know. Uh, so it's not like this was something that, you know, damaged tons of people. Uh, it's it's a bug. It's a problem. It needs to be fixed. It, there are, I think there are legitimate questions around why, you know, why would the microphone be turned on before mm-hmm. I explicitly said yes? Uh, you know, th- there, that seems kind of off to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this is the kind of thing that we can expect to avoid. I, I do think iOS 12 is more bug free, uh, than previous versions had been. Mm-hmm. I do think the slowdown helps last year. I think, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to be bug free forever. You know, your uh, inkling was pretty much right on the money from what we know or what has just kind of, obviously there's new news that come out every day, but, uh, from what we know, basically a video between like a 14 year old and his mom kind mm-hmm. of found the bug when he tried to add not only just himself, just like I think his sister to it. And then all of a sudden he started hearing his mom and they sent they sent the video over to Apple. They said roughly on J- January the 23rd, maybe someone else found it before then. But to your point, it, w- it wasn't like this was everyone had access to it. Everyone knew it. And I, I get that. That's why people when they were coming at me, I was like, I'm not saying like this is the end of the world. It was really a bug that came across by accident it was an accidental bug right so it's not like there was again the intention and there wasn't malice behind it but yeah people are freaking out because they see the headline and that's come on we know how people pay it we know how much people pay attention these days and sometimes it's only the headline that they remember and then they kind of come up with their own ideas after that 
Yeah, and it doesn't help that you know Apple has recently been in the news uh, for having had you know the, the, the whole quarterly report earnings going down. You know, whenever whenever Apple's down, people like to kick them when they're down. <laughs> and so if there's there's a little bit of bad news, there's going to be six more bad news stories. You know, there was a couple uh, a couple days ago we heard about Project Titan. No, they're laying off two hundred people. It's like, well, we don't know. Are there ten thousand people on that team? I don't know what two hundred people means or why they're getting laid off. And and then I read into the story, it's like, well, well, they're not getting laid off. They're being restructured. They're moving to other parts or other divisions oh my god that happens all the time inside apple uh yeah it's it's one of those things where you can you can make the a big big deal out of this really quickly um but it's it, you got to take a step back and say to yourself this isn't the same thing as you know the recent stories of like facebook trying to exploit kids to you know to make more money and uh, not issue refunds when they knew they were young kids and and things like that it's like well that's that's a different type of of story when i hear apple start doing that kind of thing that's when i get worried um, yeah. Is there here's here's kind of a thing that I want to throw at you. And I guess the overall question would be, do you think, though, and I know we talked about the scale and the size and it's not just iOS, but, you know, does this you and I have been following Apple and been in deep inside the reality distortion field when we were working <laughs> at Apple, when we were inside Apple retail. I mean, if there's oh, yeah. if there's a jug of Kool-Aid to be served, it's if you're working at an Apple retail store. <laughs> but but the thing is that is this a sloppier apple overall or is this a different apple for you because you know i look at just not just this specific incident this is the only this kind of incident kind of brought up what i've been feeling what a lot of people have been feeling for a while like if you look at the past year there's been a lot of missteps where apple it's been shown that they pretty much hid and knew about bengate until and how it affected touch disease screens until it was leaked out in a court document that said, oh, Apple knew about this the whole time. And then they decided to address it. You know, Apple, for better or for worse, Apple had, you know, the battery issue, battery gate issue where they were throttling people's phones down when their battery was getting lower. Apple said, we're doing it for performance. And yeah, they weren't entirely transparent. I was happy that they addressed it quickly and said, okay, fine. At least we're going to do a $29 battery replacement. And yeah, it resulted them in selling less iPhones, but that still was like another kind of hit on them. They had a lot of product delays from AirPods to AirPower to HomePod. Is it just that they're too big? Because you and I both know this is definitely a different Apple than we've seen before. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I do think this is all just the product of the, of the company getting that much larger and, and that fast. Uh, and I think that's uh, it's a much larger challenge than it was back in the good old days when the iPod was the big thing that Apple was selling. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just that much more complex and it's, uh, it's actually a little bit surprising that they're, they're not running into more of these than they are. Uh, it, for me, it's always about like, not, not when a company makes a mistake, but how they handle that mistake. And, and I agree with you. They're not always forthcoming there. I think they're decades of secrecy and uh, their tendency to kind of want to keep their secrets, uh, is kind of in conflict now with their size and their scope. Mm. And and so I I think they're learning as they go to disclose this stuff a little better or more effectively as they go along. But that's that's a cultural shift that I think is taking some time. Um, and I, I do think that, that Tim Cook runs a very different ship than Steve Jobs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but I, I think that's a good thing. Honestly, I don't know how good uh, this is going to sound like sacrilege to all my friends out there. And I, I get in trouble for saying these kind of things. But <laughs> I don't I don't know how good a CEO Steve Jobs would be of the current Apple. Uh, you know, I, I just, I think that he was a good, like wartime consigliere. You know, he was, he was 
obviously the guy to uh, to turn the company around when it was about to fall apart. But running a company that's the largest company in the world, or at least was until recently, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a very very different thing from running a, a scrappy little startup that's about to die. Uh, and I I don't I'm not saying either skill set is harder or better or whatever, but I I do think that Tim Cook is particularly well suited to the current Apple. Uh, and I think he's shaping the company. Uh, you know, he's doing what Steve Jobs told him to do, which is to shape the company to his own image, and that's taking some time. Uh, and it's it's that transition is is very odd and strange for us old school fans who've mm-hmm. watched Apple all these years. But at the same time, we, you and I, also have the benefit of we've been watching this company for a long time, and so whenever we hear people say, "Oh, here it is, Apple's going to fall apart tomorrow," no like, well, <laughs> yeah, it's like we've been here before, we've heard all of these arguments before. <laughs> we remember AntennaGate, so BenGate doesn't do anything for us. You know, I mean, we're like, this is a, a minor problem that, that, you know, and the FaceTime bug's another one that, like, in a week, everyone will forget this even happened. Um, but you know, it doesn't mean that Apple shouldn't be trying to prevent these things from happening in the future, uh, and you know, learning how to handle them better as they go. I, I do think, like, remotely shutting down FaceTime was a, was the right move, uh, you know, and, and, and just turning that off the group feature. And yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame because group, the group FaceTime was the flagship feature of last year's OS. And it's, it's been nothing but a problem yeah. in, for them PR wise since they announced it. Uh, and uh, you know, the weird thing is I'm, I'm a huge fanboy and I haven't even used it yet. I've never even used the group <laughs> FaceTime. Have you? <laughs> I've tried. I tr- the only people that I would use it is with my family, but like half of my family doesn't have phones that support it. <laughs> like honestly, <laughs> right. So yeah, I haven't yeah. used it at all. You know what? I think that you you made a great point about I I really love that point about how, you know, you throw out the idea of maybe, you know, you're not saying whether it's true or not, but maybe this is a better um Tim Cook is a better person for the company in how it's run today because of its skill. I've always kind of said jokingly, but I think there is some truth to it. I feel like look, Steve Jobs, there was fear. Steve Jobs instilled fear a certain level of accountability and fear in his employees. I remember when he would come into our store, <laughs> you know, because people don't people don't may not may not know. Joe and I worked at the Apple store in Palo Alto. That was a few blocks away from his house. They called it SJ's store. Whenever SJ came in, they made sure everyone knew and everyone was on point. I mean, Steve would just sometimes just walk in, hang out near one of the software shelves, just lean on it for like twenty minutes, and everyone would be on freaking eggshells. Right? They're like, <laughs> don't like. Don't don't talk to him. Only talk to him if he talks to you. Like, don't do anything stupid. Like, you know, everything had to be like tidy, pristine. It was like psycho, right? Now, I'm sure that when Tim Tim Cook comes into a store, they are obviously saying like, hey, guys, be on your best behavior, X, Y, and Z, fine. But at the same time, knowing some of the stories we've heard about, you know, just how Steve was at Apple headquarters and whether or not some of those stories are true or not. I think he still did instill kind of a level of fear in his employees. And my, I've always joked like, look, I think under Tim Cook, I'm pretty sure everyone is probably a lot happier and a lot at <laughs> ease because of just the way he runs things. But, you know, as a consumer, as someone who's so used to really under SJ, Apple, no product was perfect, but damn, I mean, there are times where you're just like, this is an impeccable product for the most part. And maybe you don't see that as much because of the scale of Apple now, but maybe it's also because like they don't fear Tim Cook as much. So it's like, hey, you know what? It's cool. Like we'll get through this. Yeah, we're good. And they do because they're so big, but there's something to be said about being afraid of your boss and the accountability that comes with it. <laughs> yeah, I always say you haven't lived until you're giving a presentation and you look up halfway through it and you <laughs> notice the Steve Jobs is watching you. <laughs> you and me both. You and oh me my God. both. Oh my God. Yeah. And then he would never say a word. He would just mm-hmm. leave. Like as I'm wrapping mm-hmm. up, he would walk out of the store and I'm mm-hmm. like, great. So now I don't even get a chance to ask him if he hates me. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> 
And I, I remember Maybe. our manager. I remember asking our manager one time, like, "Is is he upset? They're like, does he like what I do? Whatever." He's like, "Well, he hasn't told me to fire you yet, so I think we're okay." <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what I'm. T- so here's the. So I mean, I'm not going to go into detail with it, but I had a moment where um, I happened to be at the store. You know, you and I both did presentations at the store, um, but some Canon executives came in. And um, John Rubenstein at the time, a VP of hardware and SJ both came in and I got pulled aside. They're like, hey, you know, SJ wants to show the Canon execs like how iLife works. Like, can you do a presentation for them on the side? So we go into this corner and it wasn't just like like literally, Joe, it was iTunes, how how it integrates into ripping your CDs, how you can then take that song and put it on a photo slideshow, how you can then take those photos and work it into iMovie, and then how you can turn an iMovie into an iDVD. Like this was literally, I kid you not, it was like a two, two and a half hour, just like corner session on a Mac Pro or a Power Mac at the time with SJ Ruby and three Canon execs, which was crazy for me, right? <laughs> and I'm nervous the whole time. Um, once in a while, Steve would like interject and just want to point things out, but he never stopped me from doing it. But at the end, he just looked at me and said, good job and walked away. Like that's all it was, right? (laughs) It was two and a half hours. I didn't really have much direct conversation with them or you didn't say like, Hey, thanks so much. Not like, thanks so much for showing these guys this or anything. It was straight up like, good job. And he walked away. And I thought to your point, it's so typical of him, but you're like, I guess that's part of the be making the boss happy. He just says nothing and goes on with his business. And that would that's a different <laughs> that's a different type of boss. Like even how Tim Cook interacts with people, it would be totally different. It would be totally different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, I, and to your point, I do think there is a difference there. And I do think there's a difference in uh, the kinds of employees that Apple might be attracting these days versus mm-hmm. back then. You know, when you, a lot of people like to be part of a big scrappy insurgency, and you know, the, <laughs> they want they want to save the world. You know, and it's hard to make that sale with Apple nowadays. You know, yeah, yeah. you're going to work on the iPhone phone you know whatever they call it next year i'm hoping it's not the 11 <laughs> but the, you know the, the 10 the 10 x maybe just to really confuse us uh you know whatever that is like that's not as exciting as working on the first iphone now i'm sure there are some people out there working on the car right now or they're working on the glasses or whatever it is that apple is cooking up those people are doing the exciting work whereas you know the maintenance on you know group facetime as exciting as that sounds it's a different kind of person who's interested in, in working for Apple these days, I would guess. You know what I mean? It's, it's, they, they, and, you know, because of their tendency, I know they're changing this, but their tendency to want everyone in Cupertino. I mean, I don't, I don't see why people don't want to live in the Bay Area. That's still my mm-hmm. favorite place. I'd mm-hmm. move back there in a heartbeat if I could. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I do think they are, it's a little bit more of a struggle these days to, uh, to, to and then you need that many more people than you used to have. Uh, sure. Working on these projects because you have so many more of them. Uh, I think that um, you know a, a company's naturally going to have is going to have struggles uh, with these these kinds of things with uh, with uh, getting talent in the first place, maintaining that talent, keeping everyone there happy, uh, and and managing it all. I, I just can't even imagine what kind of a nightmare <laughs> that is. So uh, the fact that Tim Cook keeps that all together and somehow keeps smiling, I, I don't know how he's doing it. But, um, <laughs> I guess it's that morning exercise every day, uh, you know, keeps him in shape and he, he seems pretty happy. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any kind of sign that that Apple is doomed or that they're going downhill or any of this other stuff. I just think that they need to continue to focus. And, uh, you know, I'm always excited to follow it no matter what it is. Do you think that uh, this is always kind of the big question because we talk about kind of like, you know, when you talk about innovations and brain power and whatnot, do you think that Apple is innovating like they used to before or not? This is a hot I think, take. 
Right. I, I do. I think they are. I, I think that they're doing plenty of really interesting things. I think Face ID is a, is a revelation. Uh, I think that the stuff they're doing on the watch in particular. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration when Tim Cook says we look back 100 years from now and Apple's biggest contribution is going to be in health. I, I don't think that they're, they've even started scratching the surface of what the, uh, the wearables can do for our health and for monitoring. And, and uh, I'm hoping they have plans to help with some of the other kinds of electronic you know, paperwork and other kinds of things. I know they just did some kind of partnership with Aetna and mm-hmm. they're like trying, I think they want to revolutionize the whole American healthcare system, which you know, our government certainly can't seem to pull it off. So if Apple can, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do think it is like, to your point, it's really fascinating about, you know, just they put an ECG on the watch and then, you know, we've known or heard that some companies or them specifically are, are working on, you know, even doing blood sugar measurements from the wristband. I mean, it could really be this just amazing device that, like you said, just scratched the surface. I'm really excited to just see how that grows. I'm curious with you, um, just for 2019 personally, is there anything that you'd kind of like to see from Apple, whether it's a specific product service or just any changes in general from Apple that you'd like to see or you're excited about? Uh, I would love to see the duplicate tracks bug fixed in iTunes. This has been, <laughs> this has been like, oh my gosh, how long? Honestly, how long? Three or that- four years. Yeah, I mean, it's like at least <laughs> I've been dealing with, and uh, yeah, there's. I mean, I'm always my biggest complaints about Apple are always about music because I love music <laughs> so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so there's, and there's these little tiny little bugs that they do fix. One, they'll do. They'll get to like one or two of them per year, and there's always mm-hmm. like a giant one sitting in front of me. Uh, but no, I would. You know, obviously, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever Apple does with the watch and particularly uh with the ipad those are two they're yep. my two favorite products me too, right me now too. um but you know i, I want to see what happens with the new airpods you know, maybe they'll do some over the head uh, over the ear headphones as well there's rumors of that going on um yeah i mean i'm excited i think this is going to be a year where there might not be that many like giant leaps in hardware although the new mac pro is supposed to come mm-hmm. out that'll be interesting um i do i look forward to apple's video service the subscription service is going to have to be announced at some point i'm thinking this year is about time that all those shows are going to be in development um but i don't think it's going to be a giant like a year of like massive changes uh i think we're that's going to be a, a few more years out before we see the next like big products like apple watch level new product come out yeah whatever uh, those glasses are whatever they're yeah, working on right exactly yeah whatever that thing is uh i don't think this is the year but what do i know uh, i'm just getting, <laughs> throwing guesses out here but i'm always excited to see you know what they can come up with and and i i would like to see you know them do something with that little macbook maybe that's the uh the 12 inch macbook is the the product that'll be the first arm based mac that would be interesting oh, yeah baby um, you know, I, I think there's definitely going to be plenty of fun stuff to watch, but I don't think uh, there's anything in particular that I'm looking forward to this year. Very cool. Well, hey, Joe, you know what? Thank you so much for your time, buddy. I appreciate it. We'd love to have you on again down the road. Um, Always. But this is great stuff. Um, And can you again kind of let people know how they can find some of your work and where they can listen or follow you and things like that? Yeah, you can always find me at josie.design. I've got a blog there and uh, you can read up on my stuff. I haven't written anything for a little while, but uh, always trying to write up some interesting things there regarding Apple and uh, UX and uh, UI design stuff. Uh, And you can find my podcast, Release Notes, at releasenotes.tv. And there you'll get information about the podcast as well as our conference, which is going to be happening this October in Mexico. Very cool. All right, Joe. Thank you so much, buddy. And uh, we'll talk soon. All right. All right, man. All right. Cool. Bye. So there you go. The interview with my boy, Joe, just a lot of great stuff that he brought up and things that he talked about. Now, again, I told you, I want you all to be part of the show. You could call in at 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. I asked some of you all on Twitter and through the actual Patreon 
to actually call in and get some of your initial thoughts. So I got three calls. So let's just kick things off with my boy, Gil Cabrera. Hey, Brian, uh, Gil Cabrera calling from San Diego, just calling on the latest uh, bug in the iOS software and FaceTime, uh, which it seems like a big deal to me. I mean, this is one of those things that people are always afraid of, that their phones are going to are listening in on them when they don't want them to listen in on them. And this basically allows for that. So I think it's actually a, a fairly big deal. Uh, I'm sure Apple will try to downplay it. But the bigger issue, as we've all been discussing for some time, is you know, in the MJ era, uh, SJ era, this wouldn't have happened. I mean, uh, you know, you wouldn't have had this many bugs coming out of iOS over and over and over again. And I really think it's time to have some accountability in terms of either the person in charge of iOS development or something like that. Because remember last year, they didn't want to put too many features in because they wanted to focus on the quality of the software and, and they still took forever to release FaceTime. So it's a big bad Apple. And I think uh, some accountability needs to happen in, inside because, uh, you know, without the fear of, of disappointing uh, SJ, uh, you know, whatever they're using to motivate people to do their best work isn't working. Thanks. Oh, man, Gil's just throwing it out. He wants a bad offer. He just gave it to him like that. All right, yeah, you know, Gil, I think the best point um, you also made is this is a history of not just one bug, but bugs on bugs on bugs. And iOS 12 was really, that was their focus. So something like this coming out, yeah, it does look like a black eye. And also, they delayed group FaceTime in iOS 12, and that is the feature that gave them the biggest bug. Oh, so we're with you. I feel you on that. All right, let's hear what Jim has to say. Yo, Brian, this is Jim from Minnesota. I just wanted to say hi and thank you for doing the show. Also, the uh, FaceTime bug that is going around, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, This actual bug has existed actually for several years although now we can see it with uh, the group FaceTime and they can reproduce it over and over again with the group FaceTime. But I remember for a number of years that when I used to make a FaceTime phone call, I would sometimes find myself in a bug or a glitch where I would hang up, but the person could still hear me or they would hang up and they could still see and hear me. And you can go look on online forums and stuff. This has happened to multiple people. I think it's just becoming a bigger deal now because Apple has publicly, again, announced that they're all about protection and stuff. And this is just another way for people to exploit, like, hey, anytime you make a security model or you say that Apple's the best at security, we're going to try to knock you down a peg by showing you that there's an exploit here, showing you that there's an issue. However, I don't think it's a big deal, and I think that this was just something that's been going on forever, but now that people and users can actually create it themselves by doing the group time, and Apple's already patched that bug, um, I don't think it's really that big of a deal that the Internet is making it out to be. Anyways, thanks. Love the show. Hope you guys have a good one. Peace. All right, thanks, Jim, for the perspective. Um, you know, I I think I see what you're saying. I don't like completely disagree with you, but I still think it it. How about this? It does matter, and the good thing is that Apple did nip it in the bud. Uh, they haven't patched it yet. Uh, maybe they will by the end of the week, but at least they've deactivated the feature. And 
Right now, as it stands, no one is susceptible to it, and it wasn't easily replicated like me and Joe talked about. So thanks for the call. And all right, we got one more coming in from my boy Viper. What's up, Brian? It's your boy Viper. Just want to talk about the FaceTime bug real quick, man. It's absolutely a big deal, especially with Apple leaving that sign up in Las Vegas during CES, talking about what happens on iPhone, stays on iPhone, and then we turn around and we get this FaceTime bug. It's a big deal. And it's just another slip up that Apple's been having over the past two or three years with quality control and things like that. So they need to tighten it up because, as you would say, that's a bad Apple. Mm, yeah, Viper. It is. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, We just really wanted to dive in because I pretty much figured that was going to be the biggest thing that happens this week. Apple will be announcing its earnings this week as well, which could reveal some interesting information of how they're performing. Remember, they no longer are revealing actual sales numbers of products. So we'll have to kind of look at those metrics and see what indicators it gives to us of how they're actually performing. But that's it for this week. Remember, call in the show again, 833-888-ABXL. That's 833-888-2295. And thank you so much for everyone that supports me at patreon.com slash Tong. It starts at $2 per month. It's a way to contribute in like if I've given you anything of value and you feel like supporting the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Tong. We have different levels, 5, 10, 25 different rewards for you. So thank you so much. And if you don't, you know what? five star of the show at least uh tell a friend about it and i hope you kind of continue to enjoy and see how this is all evolving we also have to give out a shout out to my platinum apples brandon ledford terrence mckelvey from stratos wealth partners gil cabrera andy halverson wesley freighter and Jarrett lewis thank you to everyone for supporting the show in whatever way you can and i am so grateful to keep on doing this thanks so much for listening it's the apple bits xl baby And you know what, Apple? Maybe let's just like take a step back in 2019, all right? Be humble. All right, Apple? You could just look at 2019 a little differently, all right? Be humble. All right, we'll see y'all later. Take care. Peace.